Well, I hope this week hasn't been a unique week in your thanksgiving to the Lord simply because of Thanksgiving Day this past Thursday. I hope that Thanksgiving is a regular part of our lives as believers in Christ, but I have to tell you I am so thankful for the body of Christ here at Maranatha and for all of you and the encouragement that it is every Sunday to be able to gather together uh, to worship our great God. Are you thankful for that this morning? And uh, we have so many good reasons to give thanks today. And uh, we thank God for his word. You can turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 this morning. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 5 as we continue on in this series. Just a couple weeks left in this series as we're brought to chapter 3. And this morning as we look at chapter 3 verses 1 through 5, really just want to break this down into three different sections. We want to look at Paul's requests This morning, Paul's reminders this morning in Paul's confidence, his requests, his reminders, and his confidence this morning. Let's look at verse 1 through verse 5, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Paul's writing and he says, finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. So again, a very just challenging passage of scripture for us as believers and great reminders for us as believers, and so we want to examine uh, these five verses this morning. I want to begin by looking at Paul's requests, Paul's requests. Now, before we jump into exactly what Paul was asking or petitioning these believers to pray about before the Lord, I think it's important to pause for a moment and highlight something. I think it's important to highlight something. Paul believed that prayer was absolutely essential in the life of the believer. He says here in verse 1, finally, brothers, pray for us. Paul would do this regularly in his letters where he would be asking and petitioning of the believers he was writing to to keep him and others that were proclaiming the work of the gospel to keep them in prayer. He would regularly petition and ask for prayer, and he would regularly petition of the believers to be praying for others uh, to keep them in prayer. Prayer is an absolute necessity in the life of the believer. And I hope you believe that this morning. I hope you understand that this morning. Jesus would call on his disciples to pray. Jesus would model prayer. He would provide them with prayer. He himself would regularly pray, going away, isolated from everyone to pray to the Father. Paul would do the same. Paul's going to begin this chapter, and he's going to be closing out this letter After he says, finally, brothers, and he's bringing things to a point of conclusion, he says, pray for us. Again, this is nothing new. Back in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, Paul would ask the same thing of believers. He would say, pray for us. Prayer is absolutely essential. You and I, as believers in Christ, must at all times be praying people. We must be known as people of prayer. That should mark our lives as believers. We should be praying at all times, praying not only for ourselves before the Lord, that we would honor him and that we would follow him, but we need to be praying for one another at all times as well. Praying at all times. 
petitioning the Lord, seeking the Lord's guidance and directions. But can I, can I also tell you it's very important as a believer in Christ to regularly be accepting of prayers from other believers. And can I even challenge you with something that I need to challenge myself with this morning? It is okay, it is healthy, it is beneficial to ask others for prayer. If you're a believer in Christ today and you have prayer requests and you've come in every single week and you've heard us regularly say from the front, there's a connect card in front of you and the pew back in front of you. If you have specific prayer requests that we can pray for you about, write those down. Probably many of you come in and be like, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to write it down because I don't want to be a burden and I don't want people to know what I'm struggling with or I don't want people to know that I need prayer or I don't even know if anybody's going to pray for me. Listen, quit being prideful and ask for prayer. God's commanded us to pray for one another. We need that. We need to be willing to ask. We need to be willing not only to ask the Lord, but we need to be willing to share with one another how we can pray for one another. And so listen, if you have something that you need prayer for today, ask. Even before you leave today, ask the person sitting next to you before you leave today, could you pray for me? Write it down on that card and slip it into the offering backs on the wall. How can we pray for you? If you want me to pray for you, at the end of the service, come forward right here. We got time in between services. I would love to pray with you and for you. We need prayer as believers in Jesus Christ. We need prayer. And I want you to know, some of you might not know this, but we do get a lot of prayer requests that come to us, which is great. We praise God for that because we want to be a praying church. We get prayer requests submitted through those cards. We have prayer requests that come in online. If you go to the Maranatha Bible Church website, there's a section there where you can contact us or you can introduce yourself to us. And there's an info at mbc95.org where we get prayer requests that come into that email address. You can email any of us as pastors with prayer requests. We get people who call into the office during the week and ask for a pastor that they might be prayed for. And guess what? We pray for them. We have people who ask our elders to gather together and pray for them, and we will do that. Uh, prayer is essential in the life of the believer in Jesus Christ, and I hope as a believer you not only know that, you not only are part of that, but you're also asking for that because we need that together. Just real quick, by show of hands, if someone came up to you, uh, a friend, a family member, someone that you know that is close to you, and they said, hey, is there anything I could pray for you about today? How many of you would have something you could share with them to pray about? Put your hands up real quick. Look around the room. Almost as many people who have social media accounts from last week <laughs> have something that they could be remembered in prayer about, right? We all need prayer at various times in our lives. Paul recognized that, and this is something that would be very, very regular in Paul's letters, that he would be asking for people to pray for him and others, and Paul was regularly telling them, I am praying for you. I want you to know as a church, Maranatha Bible Church, you are prayed for. Again, many of you don't know this, on Tuesdays our staff gets together, and, and our pastoral staff and our elders, they pray, they pray for all the requests that come in. Our elders receive that, our pastoral ministry staff receives that. We gather our pastoral ministry staff every Tuesday, Tuesday mornings, 8 o'clock, to read scripture and pray through every request that comes into us from the connect cards, every request that's submitted online, every request that is called in. We pray together. We also go through our directory 
Every person that's attending Maranatha and associates themselves with Maranatha that we have record for, we go through on a regular basis on Tuesdays with sheets of people, and we just pray through every family in that directory on Tuesday mornings that we, we ask God that God would be working and God would be blessing and God would be growing you as a follower of Christ. You are prayed for, but we also would love to know specifically how we can best pray for you. So I want to challenge all of us as we begin this morning just with those first five words that Paul lays out. Finally, brothers, pray for us. Let us pray for you. And by the way, we would appreciate your prayers for us too because we need the prayers of God's people. Let me challenge us this morning. Be praying people and be willing to be prayed for people. Because we need that together. So let's look at these requests, Paul's requests. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you. The first request that Paul has is that the word of God would continue to go forth. What a great request, right? This is an incredible request. God's God's word would continue to take root, to have impact, that God's word would continue to move forward and impact lives. Another translation writes it this way, that the word of God may run swiftly. Uh, He says in, in the ESV, it says, may speed ahead. In other translations, it says, may run swiftly. Paul's prayer is that God's word would continue to go forth. God isn't done yet. Paul recognized that. I hope you recognize that today. Our God is not yet done. He is still at work. He is still using his word. And the gospel is still the power of God and the salvation for everyone who believes. Do you believe that this morning? If we believe that to be true, then you and I should have this same request, shouldn't we, for one another? That our lives would continue to be a, a, a instrument by which the word of God is continuing to move forward. That the word of God is continuing to take effect. That the word of God is continuing to speed ahead, to run swiftly ahead. God's word still challenges. His word is still powerful. His word is still effective. God's word is still transforming lives. And we've been privileged to see that, haven't we? Through baptisms, through testimonies that we've heard. We had someone who came forward last Sunday to receive Christ as Savior, that the Word of God has transformed that life, and he continues to transform our lives. And that's what Paul's request was, that the Word of God would continue to go forth, that God's Word would continue to take effect. I had an opportunity to to preach at an event not long ago, and after I got done preaching, uh, I, I stepped off from preaching, and I had a couple different responses. I had some people tell me, man, great message that really challenged me. And then I had others, uh, this group of three guys that came up to me, and they said, hey, just, just want to let you know, we don't really feel like you preached God's word there. And I was a little troubled by that, as you can imagine. And so I was sitting in my car, and I'm, I'm thinking through that, and I'm like asking of the Lord, I'm like, Lord, like, like help me to see if I, if I missed something, if I didn't present something, if this wasn't effective, if this was something that you didn't use, if this was something that I didn't do justice to in, this, in the preaching. And so I sat there for about 15 minutes praying, and I thought, you know, before I leave, I'm just going to get out, and I'm going to walk around a little bit, and I, I was going to leave, and I got out of my car, and I was walking around a little bit, and I had an individual grab me as I was walking around, and they came up to me, and they said, hey, I just want to let you know, I don't know how, but what you preached today was exactly what God brought me here to hear. And I, and I teared up. I was tearing up, and I was thinking, like, holy cow, like, Lord, thanks for the, thanks for the encouragement. 
And they shared with me something specific that a family member was going through and the passage that I had selected and what I had preached just happened to be uh, something that spoke directly to that. And I had someone else come up to me and say something very similar about how they were there and they were challenged. And I had one gentleman who came and he was from a Bible college and he said that there was a woman that he was seated next to after the sermon turned to him and asked him to pray for her because exactly what was shared this morning was something God was challenging her with and, and she didn't want to forget it and she didn't want to miss that. I thought, wow, that's, that's incredible. You know what was so incredible about it is I had so many people contact me telling me, hey, we're praying that the word of God would take root as you preach it this morning. The prayers of God's people the word of God going forth and God using it. Now, I don't say that to say, man, it was an incredible message. I say that to say God is faithful and that his word is powerful and effective. But what an encouragement when we know that God's people are faithfully praying for that to continue. And so many people were. And that's what Paul's asking for. Paul's asking, he's praying and asking these believers that they would pray that the word of God would continue to go forth, that it may speed ahead. That's what his desire is. Now, he goes on to say that the word of God may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you. Another translation is be glorified just as it is with you. Do you remember we talked about in 1 Thessalonians that Paul spoke about the encouragement he had for these believers? Do you remember? Paul said, we're encouraged. We thank God consistently, constantly for you for this reason. Because when we, you receive the word of God that you heard from us, you've heard me say this a number of times in this series. When you receive the word of God you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the words of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which is effectively at work in you, believer. And you know what Paul's asking here? Paul's not just asking that God's word would continue to go forth. He is asking that. He wants the word of God to continue to to speed ahead, that the word of God may speed ahead, that may run swiftly. But he's also specifically asking that the word of God may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you. He's desirous that God's word would continue to impact lives so much so that the recipients of it, just as those believers in Thessalonica, would see clearly this is the word of God. That they would be recognized as such and that the word of God would effectively be at work in them and in others just as it was in their lives. Paul's asking that as this word goes forth, which by the way, All around the world, this word is going forth today. All around the world. And here's what's amazing about it is you know how many attempts there have been to try to stop that from happening? And guess what? You can't stop it because God's word will continue to go forth. But here's what's amazing is he's specifically asking not just that this would go forth and that this would speed ahead as is happening right now. We're we're proclaiming the word of God. But Paul's petition is not only that, but he's asking that the word of God might be glorified or the word of God might continue to go forth and it might be honored and be effective just as it was in their lives. So Paul's desire is that we would not only be faithful in proclaiming this, but then as you hear this, as I hear this, as we study this together, as we receive this together, that it would be effectively working in our lives. So that when we leave here today, we might leave here in our minds, our thoughts, our actions, our words might be a little bit different because of the impact of the word of God on our lives. It's not enough 
to simply come sit, listen, but let us come sit, listen, receive, and do what God has called us to do. That's what Paul's prayer was, that the word of God would continue to go forth, the word of God would may speed ahead, and that it might be, uh, it might be honored and also received just as it was with these believers here, for the word of God to continue to go forth. In Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 4, Paul said this, Continue steadfastly in prayer. Be watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Paul's praying to the believers there, and he's saying, listen, pray for us, continue in prayer, that God may continue to open doors for the truth of Christ to be proclaimed, and that I would boldly, faithfully, clearly proclaim it. What a magnificent prayer to pray for one another about even today. God, that you would open the door for us to proclaim your word. That you would help us with great clarity and conviction to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you are glorified in that. Let me bow your heads for a minute. Let me pray that for each one of us today. Father, we ask that you would stir within us as your children a desire, Lord, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. We pray, as Paul asked for prayer, that we would with great boldness and great clarity speak of Christ and proclaim that good news. God, we ask, even as Paul asked, for open doors of opportunity to proclaim who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. We ask, Lord, that we would with great clarity and understanding proclaim Christ, crucified, risen, coming again as Savior, as the Son of God, that we might glorify him. Give every one of us, Lord, that burden, that desire, the boldness to proclaim Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is what Paul was asking. The word of God to continue to go forth as it had been in their own lives. Secondly, he's asking for deliverance from the wicked. Look at what he says in the latter part here, uh, verse 1 and 2. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you, verse 2, that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men for not all have faith. This might be a newsflash for you. I don't know if you know this, but not all have faith in Jesus. This might be something new for you to hear. I doubt it is that there are evil, wicked people in the world in which we find ourselves living, in which, by the way, so were we before Christ. Yet those that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior would be considered those that are evil and wicked, that are enemies of the cross of Christ, enemies of God, haters of God. And I, I think it's important for you and I as believers to understand this. Paul was asking and petitioning and praying for deliverance from the wicked, from wicked and evil men. We shared in our men's study on Thursday night as we looked at the book of Daniel, the reality that the world hates Christ, hates God, and therefore the world will hate us as followers of Christ. You will be, if you're not already, you will be, if you're living for Christ, hated by the world. You will be hated by the world. I've shared many times the words of Jesus when Jesus said, if the world hates me, it will hate you. A servant is not above his master. We have to process this. We have to understand this. It's not just that people don't like Jesus. They hate Jesus. It's not that they just don't believe in God. The word of God says they are haters of God. 
And so as we proclaim Christ, as we live for Christ, we should not be surprised at what is described in Scripture as a fiery trials that will come among us. And Paul's asking for deliverance from evil men. That's his prayer. Deliverance from evil men. You know, we need to be praying for one another, these same things. That God would deliver us as believers from evil men, from those that hate God. That the word of God would continue to go forth. That the people of God would be delivered from the hands of evil men. That's what Peter was prayed for by Jesus about, wasn't it? And again, you've heard this before where Jesus tells Peter, Satan desires to have you, Peter. He wants to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. The enemy hates our Savior. He hates our God. And therefore, he hates us as his children and desires to have and to destroy And yet Christ prayed for Peter and he intercedes on our behalf as well. And Paul's asking believers to intercede for him. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 21, this is a little bit lengthy, but I want to read this. Listen to Paul's attitude, his heart, and also Paul's prayer. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Paul was in prison. So that it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. This is what Paul, don't miss what Paul's saying here. He's saying he's in prison for preaching Christ. And even while he's in prison, there are people who are desiring to inflict even more pain on him. Why? Because he's preaching Christ. And they're going so far as to preach Christ with the hope that it adds to Paul's affliction. So that Paul would even hurt more. Verse 18, he says, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You see, Paul's prayer and petitioning and asking for deliverance from the hands of evil men had nothing to do with Paul's desire for safety, comfort, had nothing to do with that. Paul's desire for deliverance entirely had everything to do with Paul's desire to continue to preach Christ. Paul's asking and petitioning that the word of God might go forth and that he would be delivered from the hands of evil, sinful men had everything to do with Paul's attitude that to live is Christ, to die is gain. And he says in this passage in Philippians chapter one, he says that my eager expectation, my hope is that in all things I will not be ashamed, but with full courage, Now and always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. You see Paul's prayer here? Everything about Paul's prayer and everything about Paul's asking believers to pray for him, everything that it was about was about Christ, preached, proclaimed, glorified. And we need to be praying that for one another. We need to be equally praying that for one another as believers in Christ that we would pray for one another for deliverance from evil men. Why? Not that so that we can just live cushy, nice, just everything we want to live lives. 
that we might have deliverance from evil men, that we as followers of Christ, as ambassadors for Jesus Christ, as that called out group, that assembly of believers, that we might now, as always, faithfully, boldly proclaim Jesus Christ, whether by life or by death. We need to pray that for one another. We need to lift one another up in that way. We need to pray for one another that Christ would be glorified and that his work might go forth. That the word of God, he says, might speed ahead, be honored, and that he might have deliverance from wicked and evil men for not all have faith. This is, again, I think, a sense of urgency that you see. Believer in Jesus Christ, if you're here today and you know Christ, if you and I aren't preaching Christ, who is? If the followers of Jesus Christ, if the church is silent about our Savior, something's wrong. And we need to pray not only for the open doors, but for the boldness and deliverance that this might continue. That's why we pray for persecuted believers around the world. We pray that God would deliver them. We pray that God would sustain them, that God would continue to open doors to preach and proclaim Christ. That's what Paul asked for prayer for, and it's what we should be petitioning for one another. Those are his prayers. His requests. Let's look at Paul's reminders. Look at verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Paul's reminders for these believers, number one, God is faithful. The Lord is faithful. I, I, if you're here today and you believe the Lord's faithful, say amen. amen. If you believe the Lord is faithful and he has always been faithful, just give God praise this morning because he is always faithful. That's what Paul says here. He says, we have confidence in the Lord here. The Lord is faithful. We know this. In Psalm 100, we preached on this passage, Psalm 100, at our anniversary celebration. This is what the psalmist said. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture enter his gates with thanksgiving. His courts with praise, give thanks to him, bless his name. All of this, he's committed. The psalmist is saying all of these things. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Serve him with gladness. Praise him. Sing about him. Give glory and honor and thanksgiving to him. Enter his courts with all of this. Why? For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Our God is forever faithful. And so no matter what it is that we may be enduring or enduring or we will be enduring, our God is always faithful. And we have just great joy in that. He never leaves us or forsakes us. You realize even when we are faithless, he is faithful. He doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. He is always present. He's always there. Uh, a while back... I was attempting to go to the gym early in the morning, around like 5, 5.30. I did that for a little while. Hasn't been happening recently. It's Thanksgiving. It's holidays. It's cold. It's cold in the morning. Ice on the windshield. It's cold. So I'm not doing that right now. I'm going to get back into it, all right? I'm going to get back into it. But when I hadn't been going consistently, and after some time, when I started back in the morning to go, there's this one guy who, no matter when it is, rain, sleet, snow, ice, anything, He's there at 5 o'clock in the morning. He's always there. 
And so like if I went and I went pretty consistently and he was there, got to know this guy, know who he is, talked to him many times, and he's there. And if I took a little bit of like, you know, siesta from that, a little bit of a hiatus, a little vacation from that, anytime I would go back at five o'clock in the morning, it was a guarantee this guy was going to be there. It did not matter what was going on in the world. He would be there at five o'clock in the morning. And it has been that way for years. He does not miss. He's always there. Now, as crazy as it is, that's what I thought of when I thought about the faithfulness of God. There are many days that I'm not there. And I have many excuses why I'm not. But it's a guarantee every time I show up at that place at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to see him there. Without fail, he's there. Now, he's a human being. You get what I'm saying? A little bit of hyperbole. There are probably days he's not. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. And so I have no reason to believe every single day that I would go to that gym that he's not going to be there because he's always there. Listen, is this not true of our God? That no matter how many times we haven't shown up, he does. No matter how many times that we doubt or we are unfaithful as his children, he always is faithful as our God. We can trust him. We can believe this. We know this to be true. Paul's reminding these believers, the Lord is faithful. And look at the context he says this in. He says, pray for us that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men for not all have faith. Paul's reminding these believers, listen, not all have faith. There's evil and wicked men, but, he says, verse 3, but the Lord is faithful. I don't know what you're enduring. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know who you're facing. But whoever or whatever it is, can I remind you, even as Paul reminded these believers, the Lord is faithful to you. And he will be tomorrow. Secondly, the reminder is that the Lord guards us from the evil one. He says, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. What a fantastic promise and statement. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. When Jesus prayed in Matthew chapter 6, he said, when you pray, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus commands us as his children that when we pray, that we would pray that God would deliver us from evil. Listen, we're not praying that, expecting that God won't answer. We're praying that, expecting that he will. And he promises that he will. The Lord guards us from the evil one. He delivers us from our enemies. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul the apostle talked about putting on the armor of God. He says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. The Lord guards us from the evil one. Have you ever seen it pouring outside? And you're going into a store, and as you see the water just pouring outside, 
you see people making a mad dash from their cars to run into that grocery store or wherever, and they don't want to get soaked, but it's too late. The water is pouring down, and they're running thinking that's going to help, and that ain't helping. <laughs> and I'm one of those guys that I'm like, no, nah, I don't need an umbrella. I'm just going to run, and, I, and I'm just destroyed. I'm just soaked. And as you're walking through it, you're kind of the people are looking at you, and I know what they're thinking. They're thinking, like, how come that guy didn't use an umbrella, right? My wife, on the other hand, she uses an umbrella. Even if there's just a, a chance of, of, of rain, she got that umbrella out. Like, if there's a sprinkle. She has more hair than I do, so I get it. But she uses an umbrella, puts that thing up. She don't get wet. Listen, child of God. If you are seeking to face the enemy and the evil that is in the world on your own, you're like that person jetting through that parking lot in the rain pouring down on you, thinking that you're going to survive it and you're going to be soaked. But the armor of God is like that umbrella that we can put up that completely protects us, surrounds us from the attacks of the evil one and the evil and sin that is in the world. Our God guards us from evil. I don't know about you, but that's a reason to rejoice, take courage, and be encouraged today. The Lord is faithful, and he guards us from the evil one. Do you know that today? Do you believe that today? If God then is for us, who could be against us? That's the God that we serve. This is Paul's reminders. And then finally, we got to go quickly here, Paul's confidence, verse 4. Verse 4 and verse 5, he says, We have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Paul's confidence was that obedience will continue to mark their lives as believers. We have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. Paul's Confidence was that as the Spirit of God was working in them, as the Word of God was effective in their lives, as God is faithful and delivers them and guards them, that they will continue to be marked by obedience as believers in Christ. And that is my confidence and my hope for every one of us as believers, that as we follow the leading of the Spirit of God, are obedient to the Word of God, as we make our lives not about ourselves but about Christ, as we seek the glory of Jesus Christ over our own glory and even our own good, the confidence is that we will live obediently and establish lives for Jesus Christ. Obedience would continue to mark their lives as believers. And Paul was confident also that the Lord will continue to direct their hearts as his children. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. This is an incredible section because the overarching theme of all of this is not only a prayer, not only a prayer, but a reminder and confidence from start to finish, that our God is faithful, that our God is with us, and that as we boldly proclaim Christ, God will do what only God can be trusted to do. And the word of God will take root and have effect, and that cycle will continue until Jesus Christ returns and until his church is built. All for the glory of our great God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today, and we're thankful for the confidence that we have in you. God, we proclaim, even as Paul did, you, our God, are faithful. You are our source of hope and trust and confidence, and Lord, you are the one that we call to today, knowing that apart from you, we can do nothing, but through you, we can do all things 
for the glory of Jesus Christ. Please stir within us a desire to live obedient lives for you. Please help us, as we prayed earlier, to boldly proclaim Christ so that he might be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.